we open on the murky waters of the Atlantic Ocean, about 12 miles off of the coast of Gloucester. As we rise from the depths, we see the Wendy, which has dropped anchor for just a brief moment. There are two crew members on board moving about, preparing one last round of traps to be dropped into the waters below. Inside the wheelhouse, we see the captain looking over a map with a tool in one hand and the radio in the other. Mark, you guys gotta come in now. This storm's brewing up something wicked awful. Clear? Travis, we're coming, all right? I got Tom and Matt putting out a last set of traps, and then we're hauling ass back to the dock, okay? Clear. As Mark is finishing his statement, he hears a thud outside on the main deck. His glance leaves the map, and he looks up and out through the window. He hadn't realized just how dark it had gotten outside. He walks over to the masthead light switch, and as he flips it, he hears yet another thud. When he gets back to the window, he doesn't see anything. The problem is, is he doesn't see anyone either. Tom and Matt should both be finishing their duties, and yet their stations are empty, with traps half-filled. As he reaches for the intercom, the boat suddenly pitches drastically to the side. Mark looks out of the window to his left to see that the waves are getting extremely high. He rushes to pull the anchor. He grabs a walkie-talkie and yells into it, but all we hear are the waves that are crashing around the ship, dowsing him. The anchor is free and Mark rushes to his wheelhouse. The sky is darkening faster and faster. He grabs for the radio. Travis, come, come, come in, Travis. This is the Wendy, clear. Static. Travis, I, I don't know if you can hear me, but this is no normal nor'easter. Not like I've ever seen. Travis, this storm came in hard and it came in fast. It was nowhere near us three minutes ago and I don't know where, I, Tom and Matt are, Travis? The boat is pitched again and it throws Mark across the room. As he slowly begins to rise, we hard focus back to the radio. We hear Travis's voice calling out and then static starts to grow. But there's another sound as well. Mark clutches at the side of his head that now has a small gash on it and he begins to stumble to the radio. And then he stops. He stares at the radio as the static and other noise grow louder. He turns his head slightly and leans closer to hear just a bit better. For a moment, all other noise seems to stop. He hears the voice. His eyes grow wide. All the meanwhile, a wave has been growing just outside of his window. He never sees it except for the shadow as it engulfs his entire being. With wide eyes, he says, I can't believe it. You're... And then the wave comes crashing down. An hour later, a rescue boat arrives at the last known location of the Wendy. The Wendy is surprisingly unharmed and also completely vacant.
can you grab that glass of water, Graham, and just pour it on your butt? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of our second arc of Myth Takes. I am your keeper, Colin Parker, and today I am joined by Stephanie Knowski, Graham Thompson, and Jordan Reed. Hello to all. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) um so before we get started on story and stuff like that can we do a quick summary of our characters since um some people may not have listened to the character building episodes or if they did it may be may have been a while since they've last heard from you guys (laughs) yeah what the heck so why don't we just sort of go like don't tell me your gear and stuff like that or moves but just sort of like who your character is um what their archetype is and maybe just like some very generic information about who they are, basically. Um, Stephanie, why don't you start us off? Ladies oh, first. I'm first, okay. Um, so my name is Natalie, and my last name has not been revealed yet. Ooh. <laughs> um, so I am a woman, age 21. Piercing eyes, you can't tell if it's dark around her eyes because of heavy makeup or sleep deprivation so it's it's a look same um um, she wears casual clothing uh i um no one can see because you're listening to this but i like doodled it when i first made the character but i'll put um, it up on our instagram what oh oh gosh (laughs) um so she wears an oversized greenish blue flannel shirt plain black shirt generic denim shorts black tights and um black mid-calf length combat boot so she seems like a like a really punk girl but it's just more for comfort and easy to move around with stephanie and several ear piercings stephanie can i ask you a question yes um is the brand of your denim jean shorts generic or are they just generic jeans like if someone were to see the tag be like oh generic <laughs> brand <laughs> they are, um, you know, in the early 2000s, what was it? Baby fat was the big. Oh no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Jordan, were you hoping that the answer would be Jinko? I was about to say that. No, I, I, I was. Well, after I said it, I was like, oh, okay, great, Jinko jeans. But then I was thinking, too, like, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if there was a brand that was like, it could be clothing, it could be whatever, but that was just quite literally called generic. Generic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in our world, there really could be, if we there so could choose. Be. You know yeah. what? Maybe they are generic. Hey, Maybe coming sh- soon you know. to the merch store, generic <laughs> jeans. Yeah, and they're um, like, they're like, like the, like the, uh, what, most expensive types of jeans at yes. like, well, like at least in so a luxury plain. brand. In your local yep. mall or something. Yes. Um, so... Just going on real quick, a little mm-hmm. more. Um, she wears a magic choker with a precious jewel. She never takes it off. Um, and the way I would describe her is um, the kind of girl you'd see in the corner of the cafeteria at school. She's not weird or creepy, just quiet and keeps to herself. Will smile and wave, but doesn't hang around many people. And, oh, okay, um, Colin's trying really hard not to laugh really loudly right now, because Graham poured him a glass of water and didn't want that to make any sense. <laughs> there is a very small amount of audio, at least in my headphones. I don't know if it'll translate to our microphones that are recording, because we have a different one for the call here. Um, 
but I could hear the sound, and it just sounded almost like Graham was very quietly pissing in the corner. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. Uh, there was no bottle of water or anything. Um, I did that completely silently. Mm-hmm. Graham, uh, I the I learned this when I was in the Marines for four hours, and then I left. <laughs> Um, if you put a bunch of water into your mouth and take an empty glass and then sort of pour the water into the glass from your mouth, mm. like, but like, it looks like you're taking a giant chug of water in reverse. So like you're slowly spitting it back into the cup along uh-huh. the side of the glass. doesn't make a sound if you ever try it. You know, I will say this, um, before we move on to the next person, I'll never forget when I was growing up, I was told, um, about like, if you have to use the restroom in the middle of the evening as a boy. Um, <laughs> water upon water makes noise, but water upon porcelain makes no sound. <laughs> That's also you make backsplash and it gets everywhere and it's disgusting. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. That's how we grew up, the, uh, the, the men in the Reed house. So my, my brother and I were talking about it recently. Like now we're like, uh, we're, we're conditioned to like, <laughs> always pee on the side of the toilet uh because we're like oh yeah it's just quieter but it's like one of yeah. those things where you just grow up realizing like and then and then you realize later in life like what what am i why am i peeing on the side of the toilet <laughs> i know i think it's because everyone's always ashamed that they're using the restroom i don't even know hi welcome to myth takes uh sorry welcome to piss takes um, is there anything else i need to share about yeah. my character no you're, you did a great job oh, i did thank you oh my god we give you a high five like- Oh my god, go. that made my day. There you go. Graham, <laughs> um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Lucy? No. So, <laughs> well, Lucy, um, in terms of appearances, almost like everything that Steph just described, it's Lucy's almost like the exact opposite. Hey. Like, she, she, her common attire is a extremely professional business suit. <laughs> Like something you'd imagine, like a, a Fortune Five, whatever, like like executive like wearing pantsuit or Fortune 500. like a dress. 500. No five. <laughs> a Fortune Five. Or, uh, like pantsuit, a yep. dress, or like a skirt, oh, or like, like interchangeable. A, like like a full coat, uh, pants, like a more commonly masculine uh, uh, suit, I guess. But like tailored, yes, still yeah. for yes. the female okay. figure. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I said it. In the previous thing, uh, Lucy is an angel. Uh, <gasps> I didn't mention that. So, okay. <laughs> I'm a spooky. Natalie's a spooky. Anyway. Uh, yes. Oh, that's right. You did. <laughs> Sorry. So she, I mean, it, it's, if you imagine the Christian interpretation of an angel, she has a very, very soft and pleasant face. She looks very nice. She has long blonde hair. Um, and then, and then just the business suit. <laughs> That's basically her whole appearance in, Graham, in, in a nutshell. How yes. you or Graham? How you described her face is how a robot would describe another <laughs> oh. human's face, trying to pretend that they <laughs> were a robot. Oh, you know my coworker. I they have a very feel. My coworker, nice. very soft face. <laughs> you know the one with the soft face. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, you're so much better that than I am. So um, <clears throat> I need to put my phone down. That's fine. Um, uh, okay, so why don't we move on to our last player, Jordan, last but not least. Yes. Um, so my, uh, I am playing the character of the Flake. My character's name is Garth Larson. Uh, Garth is not a hermit, but he doesn't particularly like to go outside way too much, uh, at least when it's daylight. 
Um, I, I think I said something like he works a second shift job on purpose so he can go out at night <laughs> searching for cryptids and such or anything sort of in the realm of cryptids, witches, wizards, whatever. Um, <laughs> wizards, whatever. <laughs> oh, uh, it's I, I, I forget if I said his last name. It's Garth Larson. Yes. Uh, okay, sorry. Garth Larson also runs a blog called The Neighborhood Squatch, um, yes. <laughs> which is his reportings about um findings and cryptos and all that stuff whatever he's investigating he then reports on his blog um and then he is an active user in a lot of these forums uh and like whatever the equivalent well i guess it's the real world so it's reddit uh but his username (laughs) on reddit is skunk ape and it's a four (laughs) instead of an a um (laughs) what else about garth um I don't know. Not really. He definitely is not wearing the highfalutin generic brand stuff. He's wearing the literal generic brand stuff. A lot of band (laughs) t-shirts from the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, Jeans or black pants. uh, A hat, perhaps, that maybe he got at a gas station or something. Um, And he does always... So he's he's usually always plugged in to... Um, the internet and stuff that's going on and he has i don't know if there's a google equivalent or an android equivalent to the apple watch i don't know too much about technology in the real world um but he has one of those he doesn't like apple because uh, he just he's i don't know i guess that to me having like a staunch opposition to the apple brand seemed a little bit more (laughs) in character to garth um Mm -hmm. so it's like the pair watch yeah, yeah, yeah. He was has that a, on he has a pair uh, like Victorious or whatever? Or yeah, it's the, the whole I, Dan Schneider. Yeah, I it's Carly. the Dan Schneider brand. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Drake and Josh. Is. They all the pair. It was instead of an Apple oh, phone, it? it was, it oh, was okay. a pair. It was like oh, yeah. a, literally a pear-shaped yes. like I, pear shaped like pear pad, pear phone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well then, I guess it's a grapefruit. Yeah, um, there you go. I, that's that's totally perfectly fine. Yeah, he has a grapefruit watch, and then he has. Um, he's one of the only people still today using uh, Google Google glasses. Um, oh but my it's, gosh, I forgot about those. But it's just so like you'll if if you ever hear Garth murmuring quietly to himself because he doesn't say much in public, um, he's searching stuff up on his Google Glass or like doing something. So he's always plugged in as to what's going on, and he's like constantly researching. Um, Does but, he use a Zoom? Huh. Does he use a Zoom? Well, he you you better believe that Garth was on the waiting list be like while the Zoom was coming out, had the nice. Zoom and like was holding onto it for probably way too long, like after it was like longly defunct. Amazing. He, he for sure had a Zoom. Um but now he just streams it either through his uh fancy glasses or his grapefruit watch and um <laughs> he for sure has very 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 discreet Bluetooth headphones. Nice. Okay, fantastic. Um, so with that being said, uh, I basically play everybody else within this story. Um, as the keeper, my job is to make the world seem real, uh, play to see what happens and to make the hunter's lives dangerous and scary. I don't know. Um, normally or normally, I guess in the last arc, I kind of started everything off with this sort of huge setting the scene for this grand scheme thing. But in this episode, or at least in this arc, I want to try to to give some of the narrative away just a little bit more. Um, so before we actually recorded, um, I texted Jordan um, and I asked you, what is Garth Larson currently investigating? Yes. So am I, 
Am I answering you right now? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, Gar, oh, have we established uh, where these characters are living? Or I don't know if we ever. We're about to. So, oh, go okay, ahead. Cool. You can go ahead and say say what you're studying and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Garth was not necessarily traveling, but was talking to online to a quote unquote witch expert or some sort of an expert on the occult. Uh, mm-hmm. Along the area of Danvers, Massachusetts, which is right outside of Salem, Massachusetts, because there had been a lot of reports on like all of the quote unquote tabloid uh, paranormal or cryptid or occult sites um, and even stuff that's a little bit more credible about witches and people like getting sick all of a sudden or I don't know, I guess any sort of like real life witchcraft happenings or stuff that could be attributed to witchcraft. Uh, so Garth was looking into that. Fantastic. Okay. Now, um, to answer another question that you had for me, or I guess for us, rather, where does Garth live? Oh, I never even thought about where Garth lived. Um, what's another What's another place in uh, <laughs> in Massachusetts? Now, does it, do I want him to live in Massachusetts? Not really. Garth... You can live wherever you want. I'm going to live wherever I want, and I'm going to go. I'm really going to. I'm really going to sh- uh, shoot for the live stars. The Ready? Um, uh-huh. Garth is from the beautiful town of Painesville, Ohio, which <laughs> is uh, 15 minutes away from where I grew up. Uh, and there's nothing there, but uh, he moved there on purpose because it's a little bit quieter and extremely mm-hmm. what. Uh, overlookable. So Garth right. Garth mm-hmm. is living in, or has been living in Painesville, Ohio. Fantastic. And just in case people don't know, uh, the place that you grew up was Madison. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Madison, Ohio. Yeah. Well, I realized you said like where I grew up and I was like, oh, if people don't listen to Spooky Spouses, which oh, they my should, should. Yeah. No, which they should for sure, um, then, you know, then you might not know Madison, Ohio is the stomping grounds for Jordan, for one Jordan Reed. Um, now here's my one last question about sort of Garth's whereabouts before I ask a couple more questions to get everything set up. Um, uh, does he live like by himself? Does he have like a crappy apartment? Is he in a tiny home? Does he live with his parents in, in their basement? Like, you know, what's, what's his situation? Garth's living sitch is he has a very small home, like a two bedroom home, uh, that he rents for not very much money because it's Painesville and it's kind of run down, but he doesn't really, it's sort of like form over function, I guess. Um, and he has converted the entire or one entire half, maybe a little bit more of his kitchen to like his sort of office, I guess, even though he has a second bedroom, he just, that, that room's like basically empty, but he wanted to do it in his kitchen, I guess, maybe closer proximity to his refrigerator. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, he's converted um, his kitchen into like, you know, there's cork boards and dry erase boards and like stacks of newspaper things and filing cabinets and all this stuff. It's not messy, which is surprising, but there's a ton of stuff all over the mm. place. Um, um, I realized that I said that that was my last question, but some of the stuff that you said has risen a few more questions. Oh. Now, are these cork boards and all this other stuff, you know, like the typical stuff where you have all these notes and strings and stuff attached to different things? Like it's always sunny. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, is this a situation where if like someone like knocks on your front door, you like hit a button and like 
it all like <laughs> gets hidden away or is it or is the craziness for lack of a better term always just out in in the wide open um i don't think garth would allow anyone into his house so he mm-hmm. would very much so you know knock 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 he'd open his blinds a little bit like with the two fingers and peer out <laughs> And mm-hmm. maybe just totally ignore it and put his headphones back in um, <laughs> or on rather. Yeah, he has like uh-huh. some like pretty nice over the ear ones. He's he's serious. <laughs> um, or he would just barely crack the door open. Nobody would be able to come in that house, not even his landlord. And if his landlord was like 24 hour notice, I need to come in and do some BS, then he would sort of tidy up a little bit. Um, maybe honestly just like putting sheets over all the cork boards because there's like too much information on those boards that <laughs> you can't risk losing it. Like, right. yeah, it would be, it would be such a pain to move it all and then reorganize everything. So Ooh, it's, good call, good it's call. up there. Um, and oh, crap, I did have one more question, but now I think I've already forgotten what it was. Something about your, oh no, tell me what is going on with this second bedroom then if, if he's. Got his office. I mean, like, I don't want to get a little blue, but I mean, is it like a, you know, is it like a Fifty Shades of Grey oh, kind of room going on? Colin, are what's, you, what's uh, are you asking me if it's a boom boom room? <laughs> yes. It's not. Does Garth have a boom boom room? <laughs> Garth does not have a boom boom room. It's quite literally <laughs> a room that he's not using. There may be like the the frame of a futon in there. <laughs> A metal one, <laughs> just the frame. But, but that's about right. it. I mean, maybe maybe Garth recently upgraded to like I don't know a bed and not a futon, <laughs> but like he's using the bed frame with the futon mattress or something. I don't know. Um, is there an IKEA anywhere near Painesville? Uh, the closest one in real life is in Columbus, Ohio, so about two and a half hours away from Painesville. <laughs> well, but I don't think Garth would be caught dead in an IKEA, and it's only because two reasons: too many people, which is like okay, sure, True. and the other reason too many uh bright colors it's just a little bit too much to handle (laughs) true also when you said that i don't know why like hearing the words two and a half hours was so funny to me i almost spit water all over my laptop amazing (laughs) so well i mean it really is that far away i know (laughs) i don't know why it was so funny it just it just tickled me so okay um, let me ask just a couple more questions to, uh, Natalie before oh, we no. move on. So Natalie, where do you live? Where do I live? Or where does Natalie live? I guess. In let me ask moment. Stephanie. I made that oh, joke earlier. I'm sorry. No, she's not that pretentious at all. Call back. Um, so she, well, I really like when Jordan mentioned Salem cause personally, Stephanie, I've been fascinated by like the Salem witch trials, um, since I was younger. Cause it's just. Really fascinating. Anyway. Um, Crucible's a great me. play. I know. Crucible's is. fantastic. Um, so Natalie, she was born in Salem and grew mm. up. Then she had to leave. So under... she's just sort of out and about in the world right now? Yeah, but she has moved back there. Mm. Okay. And she she lives in a, like a very small, dinky little apartment, not too expensive. She's... Um, she has a good relationship with the landlord, so the rent is pretty stable. Or rent control, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And um, she keeps to herself most of the time. So people are like, how do you afford to live there? She's like, oh, I just worked out or something. Like, she's very vague sometimes and not really open about a lot of stuff. Um, so, yeah, she lives. She's back home now. Fantastic. Yeah. There aren't too many questions to ask Lucy, unfortunately, (laughs) because for Lucy, um, uh, in case people don't fully know what Lucy's situation is, um, 
we will kind of get further into this story on a different day. But the way that this sort of situation works is, is Dr. Hank Mansfield uncovered basically your sword. <gasps> and essentially you are now sort of bound to this world and bound to Dr. Hank Mansfield <sighs> until certain <laughs> threats are gone. Um, and so Lucy is not necessarily at the bidding of Dr. Hank Mansfield because like, you know, Lucy can still for the most part do what she wants to do. But I'm stuck here on this rock. Exactly. Um, and so, um, you know, when Dr. Hank Mansfield asks her to look into something for him, she usually obliges. So let's get this story started. Um, I do apologize to Lucy. Lucy's going to have a little bit of a little bit of sitting here. Um, but um, first things first, let's move it back to Garth for, for a second here. Okay. Garth. You are sitting in your small little two-bedroom house um, with your half-kitchen, half-office space, and you are currently kind of going over some notes, you know, you're back and forth between uh, the board and, you know, your laptop, um, checking some quick messages on a couple different forums and even in the comments section of your website. That's dangerous. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. but it's the terrifying. thing is, is that I know that we didn't go over moves, but you have um, internet friends. Correct. Um, so you do have a kind of small following that, um, or not even small. I mean, like it's 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 a pretty you know hefty sized following um, of people who kind of try to give you as much information or that are cheering you on. Um, actually, does, does Garth have a Patreon? Is that how he maintain? like, how does Garth pay, pay his bills? Uh, well, Garth landed like a fairly okay job, um, as, so working second shift, it's like a, what, let's just say like, I don't know, three to 11 o'clock sort of a job, uh, at the mm-hmm. local Giant Eagle, um, which is a grocery chain in Northeast Ohio. Uh, nice. And other areas, um, but yeah, he's the uh, he's an assistant manager of the entire grocery store. So he does he he does well for himself. I mean, he's not making it rain. I mean, he doesn't have enough wiggle room in his paycheck to like build a boom boom room. But he, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he he does okay. He makes enough to travel occasionally for his website and for because that's like his passion. Um, mm-hmm. And he has enough to buy new equipment and buy more push pins for his cork board, but. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So he, Fantastic. so his his internet relationships is just quite literally like um, commenting back and forth, perhaps emailing or whatever. Definitely not texting at all. Um, he likes to keep it as I guess like close to the internet as possible. Nice, I love it. Okay, so um, basically, you know, you're sitting here, you're doing all this stuff. You're currently researching witches, right? As we just went over. For sure. Um, And um, you, you know, you're just sort of kind of minding your own business, sort of in the zone, in the Garth zone, when you hear the, like the kind of like the little bing sound, you know, go off uh, from your web browser um, that says that you got an email um, from... uh, from masshole25 okay. at ymail.com. Um, do you open it? Oh, for sure. Okay. 
Uh, Masshole25 is actually a person that you've been going back and forth with while doing some of your research on witches. You are currently working up uh, one of your largest posts on your blog, basically since its inception. Um, You are starting to really kind of crack down and figure out some of the mysteries of witches and the Salem uh, witch trial and all this sort of, you know, kind of mythos of witches and everything. And this is someone who's been writing back and forth to you. Um, And this email simply reads, are you there? How do you respond? This is this is important. Is it A-R-E space Y-O-U or is it lowercase the letter R? space the, the letter set, the u one that you're going through now it's just literally r space u space there is there a question mark or no no oh my gosh garth uh is very quietly livid uh <laughs> as he reads the email um i believe garth would let out an audible oh. um and then i respond with literally try again and then i send it back Immediately you get a response that all, all it says is emergency. Uh, Jeebus. <laughs> okay, I write back what kind, question mark. And then uh, be, before I hit send, or no, I, I send that one, what kind, uh, question mark, send. And then a very quick one, um, how about full words, question mark. <laughs> okay. Now, gr- now, now, Grant is not... Or sorry, Garth. Garth, <laughs> I, I, I looked over my thing and I'm like, oh, Gene and R are great. Okay, it's Grant. Uh, Garth is not like a grammar person or whatever, but it's like, if you're going to take the time to send an email, Garth is like, just write the yes. word. Write the word. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Um, Masshole25 responds very quickly saying, um, danger, period, lots of danger, period. They know we've been talking, period. Okay. Garth reads it, has his, uh, has his hands on his keyboard, types a little bit, backspace, types a little bit, backspace, and then pauses <laughs> for a second. Um, has a sip because they were, they were about to expire at the grocery store, so he got a, a, <laughs> a, a case of free um, brew doctor kombucha. He doesn't really like them, but like, he, he just drinks them anyways. Opens up, opens up a fresh uh, booch. Takes a sip, <laughs> ma- like swishes it around, makes a face like, that, I mean, I don't like it, but it's free. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then responds, uh, they who, question mark. The witches. Okay. Period. Sorry. It's the witches, period, send. Okay, great. Um, Garth looks at it again. Takes takes a second and just sits and looks, and then Garth responds, um, "Nice try." Period. Send and then another one. Uh, full post coming out about witches in a week or so. Period. Stay tuned. <laughs> period. Okay. So while you're doing your thing, right? You're you've you've turned your back now to the computer. You're. Going back to sort of, you know, um, or at least to this particular computer. Do you have more than one computer? Oh, you better believe that I have like, (laughs) I have three monitors, one of which (laughs) uh, in the center, just because is one of those cool vertical monitors. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which I use mainly like that one's mainly just for correspondence because I like the fact that it's like it looks like a, a sheet of paper, even mm. though it's comically large. Brilliant. And then I have a left one and a right <laughs> one. The The right one is all for formatting on my website and the left one is all for, quote unquote, research. <laughs> um, fantastic. OK, so while you're doing your thing, um, another Again, this this whole episode is going to be a lot of questions, so everyone oh, be, be no. prepared. Sure. Um, again, I'm putting a lot of narrative on you guys. What kind of music are you listening to currently? <laughs> oh. Like what, is, what is your writing jams? Right now, so I have on – so the – what I think is funny is like sort of taking a step back and realizing that all you hear in Garth's house, because I am listening to music on like noise-proof um, – headphones that were maybe like i don't know deal of the day or something on amazon who knows um uh so standing back behind garth all you hear is like typing and typing and typing and the occasional swigging and audible sigh of kombucha and like just like reading stuff online um not a lot of talking but just noises but then in the headphones um Garth is listening to Garth really likes um, Norwegian death metal because of Good. his Scandinavian heritage. So he's listening to the band. And I just actually Jordan, me, found out about this band today. And I love them called Mole M-O with a little slash through it. L. <laughs> Which is Danish for the word moth, and they just released an album, and it's really good. Oh, so no. Garth, if this is taking place in real time now, mm-hmm. Garth is on repeat listening to the new Mall record, um, <laughs> very like almost too loud. I was gonna say every little thing she does is magic, but I don't think the police is no. <laughs> down your alley. Oh, no, gosh. but they're do- they're doing like a blast beats cover of it. Okay, okay. It's like <laughs> every little thing. Like, I can't like. Because <laughs> like, uh, in a way, if if you are gonna, I mean, if you think about it, that would actually be not a bad song to have in a like metal version. Everything you do is magic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would fit with like Norse bullshit. Oh um, yeah, not bullshit. Sorry, that, that I just meant Norse like mythology and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so sorry to all our Norse listeners. Um, I know that you guys bring in a lot of those downloads. You know that I love you. Um, <clears throat> so. What? I said suck at Thor. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Garth, this scene is almost over. We'll come back to you in a little bit. But um, basically, you know, you're kind of just doing your thing for the for the majority of the night. Um, what time does Garth usually go to bed? Okay. So, if Garth's shifts, he's worked it out. So, he it's five days a week, three to 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that Garth is hitting the hay around... Uh, maybe like 9 a.m. So from 11 until about 8 or 8.30 a.m. So 11 p.m. or 11.30, whatever, when, whenever he gets home to about 8 or 8.30 a.m., he's up and he's active. And then between 9-ish, 8.30 or 9 till right around 3 o'clock uh, bedtime. Gotcha. Okay. So the sun is starting to rise in Painesville, Ohio. Garth Larson is finishing up his uh, last bit of research for the evening and kind of not necessarily powering down, but just saving files and just putting things into sleep mode, getting ready for, uh, you know, the the last final push on this article um, over the next couple of days. And Garth goes off to, to bed. As Garth is in bed and lying down fast asleep, dreaming about more mole albums and uh, thinking about the Mothman and, and witches and stuff. Um, 
Garth is too deep asleep to hear the sound from down the hall as a couple more emails come in. You hear a bada boop. Sorry, one second. Apparently, someone just came that home. That was too well timed. That was extremely well timed. That was so scary. Sorry. We... I thought you were doing a bit. No. <laughs> I was like, no. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. Um, okay. You were good. It was really good timing. Yeah. Um, okay. First, we hear the blip of one email. There's a small pause, and the camera basically just starts to slowly move down the hallway towards the kitchen, towards the towards the you know, computer. You hear one more blip, Bloop. then another one in quick succession. Then there's a long pause. And finally, one of the screens pops back to life. As it says, new video file from Masshole25. Hey everybody, it's Colin, your pod boss, your keeper, your best friend, and your radio DJ. Caller number three, you're on the line. Um, so listen, everybody, let's chat super quick about some of these sponsors, um, cause I'm super excited to talk about some of this stuff here. You see, it's back to school season and it's important that you can see everything that's happening around you. Uh, when I was five years old, that's right. When I was in kindergarten, uh, like the, like kind of the back end of it, um, I realized that I couldn't see the board very well, and I kept asking to be moved closer, and I was told no, and I was complaining about it. And so then my parents and the teacher were talking to me, and I was like, no, I just I can't see the damn thing. Okay, well, I guess I didn't say damn. I was five. So I guess I was like, oh, I can't see it, anybody. Somebody please help me. And they were like, uh, yeah, I'm so sure. Turns out I needed glasses. Then when I was in my early teens, I was like, oh, glasses aren't cool. I need, um, I need, I need contact lenses to feel cool about myself. And then I went to college and I was like, oh man, glasses are so damn cool. I need to have some badass glasses. So I turned to Warby Parker. Um, Warby Parker was founded with that rebellious spirit that I once had, but, uh, geared more towards making better eyewear. Warby Parker puts out good eyewear with a good outcome um, because when you buy a pair, a pair is distributed to someone in need. Prescription eyeglasses start at $95 um, and you can find a new pair today with the free home try-on program with fast free shipping both ways. It's pretty damn cool, man. You get to pick out five pairs that you want to sort of check out on your face, on your facial situation. Uh, and then you can share pictures with friends, whether it's through social media or through like a group chat and be like, hey, like, comment, subscribe to uh, all these photos and tell me which ones you like. And then you get to choose them and then you get them with your prescription and they're super fast. It's fantastic. I love my Warby Parker glasses. I wear them, well, at least for at least an hour every single day, but uh, I wear them more often than my contacts these days, actually. Um, mostly because I just like the way I look in them. Um, so why don't you check out bit.ly slash cscav, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash S-E-E-S-C-A-V for more details. And you know what? Since we're talking about some cool stuff, let's talk about Four Sigmatic, shall we? 
You see, beyond the Portobello, there's an entire kingdom of mushrooms, and they all have amazing health benefits from immunity, energy, and longevity, which we've been studying for centuries. And Four Sigmatic believes in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, lion's mane, and many other superfoods and adaptogens like rhodiola, lithro, shisandra, stuff like that, to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Now, you see, Four Sigmatic makes drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do with a wide variety of mushroom coffees and things like hot cocoa. And let's talk about this cool new thing that they've got that is just, I mean, God, it looks so cool, man. It's this um, activated charcoal and, you know, uh, chaga, I believe, mushroom, I believe is what's in it. Maybe it's, maybe it's reishi, but um, it's uh, got, you know, all of your normal four sigmatic magic inside lemonade and it is pitch black um just like the depths of my soul um and it's fantastic uh it tastes incredible and uh i think that you will also enjoy it i realize that the summer is winding down but isn't lemonade kind of a anytime treat so you know like i said they also have um hot cocoa and coffees and they have matcha teas um, and some other elixirs and some superfood blends. So you can get all your healthy, you know, drinking needs in many different categories and in many different ways. And the best way to enjoy your Four Sigmatic products is by taking 10% off the entire order by entering the promo code SCAVTRUFFLE, C-A-V-T-R-U-F-F-L-E, SCAVTRUFFLE, at checkout. Save yourself some money, get some healthy snacks, well, drinking things, and uh, enjoy on us, you know? Patreon is still up. Um, that's www.patreon.com slash the scavengers network. Um, we've already got quite a few people up there. I want to make sure that we thank Daniel Spencer, um, David and Deanna Hannah, um, and uh, James Anderson, Colin O'Brien, Daniel Miners, and Holly Chatfield Flanagan. Um, and there's uh, one person who chose to be anonymous. Um, so there are seven great folks um, backing us each and every month. Um, and um, with their help and with your help, we can continue to put out a whole bunch of really cool new material. Um, we can also do things like getting a table at PodCon, too, which we're uh, going to uh, in January of 2019. Uh, so I'm very, very excited about that. Um, and it just gives us the ability to do things like perhaps travel. Um, Daniel Spencer, friend of the show, and also the GM for the show, Kids on Bikes, which you should be listening to. Uh, their episodes come out on the 15th and the last day of every single month. Um, their show, sorry, so Daniel Spencer and Whitney Nelson, who was just in the last arc, uh, the two of them, the three of us, we're going to be doing um, a little thing together in October. Since it's a spooky month, we're going to be doing a playthrough of until dawn and the three of us all live in different states so everyone's gonna be traveling probably here to maryland just because i'm kind of right in the center uh or close enough to it um so that'll be something happening uh so that's something to look forward to but you know doing something like this like pay the patreon helps us uh afford things like the travel costs and everything like that so you know help us out we'd like to do live shows and everything like that so www.patreon.com slash the scavengers network Okay, so let's chat real quick about the next episode. This episode is coming to you on September the 13th, which means that the next episode, which means that the next episode is going to be September 27th, September 27th. Um, so we will see you then. And please make sure to use the hashtag MythTakes. 
Um, and write to us on Twitter, uh, b- both using the hashtag and also our Twitter account, which is MythTakesCast. Um, just sort of chat us up, and if you do so, you could see your name in a future episode, much like the last arc had Officer Riggs and uh, Captain Spiffy, um, and uh, you know we have a few other names that are going to be planned to be coming out with some people who have been tweeting to us frequently. Um, those will be coming out probably in just a couple of episodes when we have a few more opportunities for like bigger characters. I'd like to name the bigger characters rather than just sort of like the one-off. You see them for a hot second. Um, people that is until we get to a point in which we have an insane level of tweets coming in, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it and also rate and subscribe to us on iTunes or whichever app that you use for listening to podcast. It helps us, uh, tremendously because it gives us a little bit more exposure and uh, when you start seeing better ratings, you start ranking higher on lists and stuff. People see you a little bit more. And uh, we will see you on the 27th. The um, last thing I'll say before we head back into the episode is I realized that for whatever reason, we didn't roll for anything in this first episode. And there's only like two, maybe three rolls in the second episode. Um, we, I, we really were kind of getting in the zone of just kind of telling a story and Without meaning to, we kind of passed a couple different opportunities in which we could have uh, probably rolled for something, but um, we were just sort of really getting into that narrative and we just sort of blew right past those. So uh, please forgive us for that. But um, at the same time, I really, I dig the way that this is going. A lot of this story is being dictated a little bit more by them and a little bit less by an outline of things that I have. Um you know, this is kind of my first iteration of being a keeper and everything like that. So I'm, I'm just trying a couple of different things and trying to keep it interesting for both the listeners and the players that we're working with. Um, so anyway, 27th, we'll see you on that next episode and um, enjoy the rest of this one. We cut away. Oh gosh! And we'll come back to that. Oh, another moment. I've been watching. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay and I have been watching a lot of those like dark web mystery box things, oh, and no. now I'm like, oh great! Now I like <laughs> picturing what type of video it is. Someone in like a, I don't know, Winnie the Pooh mask, <laughs> or like I don't know, getting spanked or something. Yeah. Like what is happening? <laughs> I don't know. Getting their arms cut off or something. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> Getting spanked with the arms that were just recently cut. Oh, oh, that is, I, oh God! See, the problem is now that I've said that, that's definitely someone's kink. Someone <laughs> just went, you know, <laughs> I would watch that. Huh? I wonder if that exists. Tap tap tap. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to look that up. That was them, tip tap tapping away. <laughs> All right, let's check in on Natalie. Oh gosh, I'm scared. It's okay. I'm frightened. <laughs> but you're the spooky. I know. That's why you're, I'm so scared. You're supposed to spook other people. Stephanie's scared. Okay. Natalie's fine. Nat- Natalie is totes okay. <laughs> Natalie, what does Natalie do for, for money currently? For money? Like, what is her um, job? So, she she helps out at the local library. She took a few community college classes on library science and... um. It's a good way. It's quiet. It's very low key. And she doesn't have a million, like, people, of course, ask her a bunch of questions, but she doesn't have, like, the, as if she were in, like, a retail store mm-hmm. on Black Friday or something. 
Um, so yeah, she works at the local library and she enjoys it. And she also will, uh, help around her apartment complex if her neighbors need help with like tiny little repairs or technology because she is, uh, a millennial. So she, <laughs> she gets it. <laughs> I also just realized based on what you were saying that I think I put the three most socially, like not inept, but like, what's the word for it? Like. <laughs> The, the three characters who socially oh. don't want to talk to anybody yes. all together. Well, and I think that's going to make it She doesn't want to talk to people. She's well, just, it's, but again, like you like the quiet. You like yeah, to sort I'm of be quiet. away from I'm it I'm just observant. And that's, and that's also kind of in a way um, similar to Garth, but not quite the same. Like obviously it's it's within different reasons, different She likes ways. people. Right. She likes people. It's just she hasn't like bustling crowds basically. She's not, she's not Stephanie. She's not like, hey, how's it going? Right. <laughs> um... <clears throat> So, um, then what time do you say, would you say that she normally gets home? Gets home? Um, she usually gets home around, uh, 6.30 p.m. Like, she has a nice walk home. It's not very far, so she doesn't own a car, so Mm -hmm. she usually uses, like, um, public transportation. Or she walks most places for good exercise, because she likes, um, the outdoors and fresh air. Very nice. And, um... The last question that I have for you is, is what does she do on her downtime? Like when she's not helping the people of her apartment complex and when she's not at the library, what is she doing? She loves to read um, and do like research on different um, topics, whatever piques her interest at the moment. So she could be filing some books away and she's like, oh, I've never read that or I'd like to know more about that. Um, she's really into history and um she also likes to go for walks in the park um so she can keep to herself um she also likes to draw she's not like an amazing artist but she does enjoy just doodling around yeah Mm -hmm. and you know helping people with tiny tasks sure so uh what time does she go to bed at night should have been um well her day typically starts um, like at work, she, um, the library will open her at nine. Um, she doesn't work on the weekends. Um, so she would usually get up around, um, 7.30, to get things organized. She, she's very organized. So she will, um, before she goes to bed, she makes sure everything's in its place. She wakes up, gets ready, then makes sure everything in its place, um, she loves to clean. <laughs> um, so she has some sort of sense of um control in her life. And yeah, so she doesn't it doesn't take her long to get ready, but she always finds something to do to occupy her time. Nice. Okay. Um <clears throat> so um and sorry, and last question, what time does she get up in the morning? What time does she get up in the morning? Yeah. Seven thirty, seven forty five. Okay. I said Did you just say that? I sorry. said that. You're right. I should have written it down. That's you're part fine. Of my you're good. <laughs> um, so okay. She sleeps in on the weekends, so though. Right, right. <laughs> so um, one day, it's a, it's a basically it's the same day, right? We're looking at mm-hmm. a different timeline, right? We're mm-hmm. just slightly going back in time a hair. Um, you are up and about the house, you know, kind of mm-hmm. doing your thing for the day, getting ready to head off to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh. You see your phone go off, mm-hmm. right? 
It's one of those warnings, you know, one of those uh, like yeah. loud, yeah. loud, obnoxious things. Mm-hmm. Um, warning of a storm coming, um, coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a kind of thing that you sort of deal with very, not necessarily frequently, but it happens every now and then. Um, mm-hmm. The area that you live in, you know, it's not directly on the water, but like it's close enough that when the big storms hit, mm-hmm. they're going to hit you still, yeah. you know? Um, so, you know, you just you swipe it away. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, I'm, I don't know. I do, if you're yeah. Natalie just jump at the notification because right. it was really loud. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I assume, like most people, you know, most people tend not to get, like actually go, oh, yeah, let me click for more information. Yeah. They're just like, get it off my screen. Um, now, here's the odd thing about it, though. You swipe it away and you go back, you put it back and you walk down the hall and it goes off again, does the same thing. About two, three minutes later. Do you turn it off again? I look more closely at it. If there's a second warning, it might be more serious. It's the same warning. It's the same one? Mm-hmm. So then I swipe it away. Okay. Because I've already seen it. Sure. Um, and so we're getting close to, you know, like we're, we're almost to 8 a.m. here, right? Mm-hmm. It happens one more time. Okay. Same message. But it... It's sent again. Okay. What do you do? Um, I immediately go online and um, check the weather radar to see what's going on. And I see there's a big storm coming. So I have to um, go into my closet and make sure I have um, like my rain supplies because I need to go to work. That's my job. My mm-hmm. job is to help people. So I got to get there. Um and then I immediately go check my pantry to see if I have enough food and water in case the electricity goes out. Um, and then I, uh, so on my floor in the apartment complex, there's uh, four different apartments. It's small, um, but I live with like, there's a family across the hall, um, someone more like college grad student age, uh, diagonal, and then uh an older couple living right next to me and they all have different schedules. So I decide to write a note to each of them, like be wary, be careful. There's a big storming, storming. There's a big storm coming in. Um, and so right before I leave, I, um, like slip it under their doors. Um, because they'll see it right away when they open the door, when they're leaving or when they're coming back home. Sure. Yeah. Okay, um, so you do that, mm-hmm. right? And now it's time to to go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> when you arrive at your job, uh, how many people work in the library with you? There are, on any given day, it depends on the, like, the hour. I'm mm-hmm. there like the whole day. They're like, she's young, she's got energy, and I like to be there. Um, it could be three to six people because we're um, near... Um, a few schools, like a local high school, and they allow students with free periods mm-hmm. to come by and study or hang out. Um, so they always need to make sure someone's there to help them. Um, so yeah, at the moment, at the beginning of the day, there's only three of us there. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> so uh, you are, you know, at, at the job and, you know, you've opened up for the day, you know, you're sort of doing your thing. Are you Putting back books, are you, you know, what is your general, like, kind of beginning of the day um, situation? So I have to clock in 
and put my things away in my like little cubby area mm-hmm. they have in our staff room. And then the day before, I was going through some um, science books uh, and like our science section because some people decided to put some science fiction books in there. So I'm going through and organizing them and um, making sure these go to the science section, this goes to the fiction section. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going through different books at the moment. Sure. So as you're doing that, um, you hear kind of a small commotion uh, near the front, like, you know, where, where people check the books out and stuff like yeah. that, right? Um, it sounds like, not like anyone's like angry or anything like that, but you definitely hear a lot of things kind of moving about. Yeah. Someone sort of uh, going in and out of like rooms kind of behind the counter, like in the office area yeah. kind of space. Um, and there's like a, at one point a door slams and then a couple of seconds later it opens up and you hear mm-hmm. someone kind of rush back out and everything. Um, what do you do? I go over because that's weird. Usually it's okay. not that hectic unless it's around um, midterms or finals time right. in the town. So I immediately walk over. Sure. Um, so you see your, um, I guess you would still call them a boss, yes. right? Um, it is your boss, uh, Leanne. Leanne? Mm-hmm. Leanne. Um, Leanne. And Leanne is just sort of kind of not necessarily panicking, uh, but she's, I mean, it is panicking, but like I want to find a more specific term. She's she's like bugging out, essentially. Yeah. You know, she is, she is in a frenzy. Yeah. Um, and, um, she is looking for, for different things and she's quickly putting them into, into her bag and she's kind of grabbing at a couple random books that are out on the counter. Yeah. Like she's kind of, you know, checking certain things and grabbing something and then throwing it in this kind of giant duffel bag. Um, you know, how do you respond to this? Um, well, of course I kind of give this look like what? what's going on then i like call her name like leanne leanne is everything okay is there something i can do wait did you check those books out on your own or what are you doing ah jesus natalie i okay look this morning i woke up and there was this this car that had effectively blocked everyone in uh, and I was shooting a quick text on my phone. Wait, blocking everyone in where? In in my driveway. Oh, okay. Uh, and as I was walking out, uh, I saw a man. And uh, I kind of pointed down the road and I said, Sir, there's more parking down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, uh, he knew that, but he was he was looking for me. Um, he was, uh, he, he had a lot of, he had a lot of information that, um, he shouldn't have had about me, and it's I, I need to get away for a little bit. What kind of information? Like when you went on your honeymoon or like a spring break thing that you've told us before? No. So it's it's information that I don't generally put out to the public. Well, you know you can always tell me if you're comfortable enough to. He had a whole bunch of photos from from back in the day. It was, you know, times when I was just yakking it up with a whole bunch of, you know, accountants and businessmen, and there was all a whole bunch of models. You know, it's just it's it was all breasts and Botox back then. That was that was in that was in fashion. No one touches the food. You know, it's just everyone goes up to the bartender and they're making them work overtime. It's just 
there are things that happen there sometimes. And sometimes you see something that you shouldn't have seen. And you get mixed in with the wrong crowd. And I, I, I got away from all that. But this man knew exactly who I was. And he knew what I knew. And so I've got to get out. Uh, well, is there anything I can do to help you now? Because Natalie's um, freaking out internally, but she doesn't want to show that. But she also doesn't want to get too involved because if she learns more, then she could get involved in a whole lot of business, which she does not need right now. She says, if I can ask you to do me just one favor. And she hands you... An envelope. Mm-hmm. And she says, if you don't hear from me in just a couple of days' time, I need you to open this, and I need you to contact who's on this piece of paper. Everything you need to tell them is there. But just promise me that you're going to keep track of this. Uh, uh, d- absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it on She's already out the door. Well, um... Wait, how many days? Wait, like tomorrow? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. What did I do? Okay. And the last scene of this episode, and then the next episode, it will be bringing everybody together. <gasps> so this is this is all sorts of fun. And I, this is the these are the moments that I really enjoy. I like kind of spending a little bit of time with everyone just to sort of kind of really get to know their characters a little bit. And then once you put everyone together, I love watching <laughs> that part as well. Um <clears throat> So, Lucy. Yes. <laughs> this is, uh, once again, we're sort of having a small flashback. Mm-hmm. Whereas the scenes that we just saw were sort of all um, mostly simultaneous, <clears throat> we're sort of looking at you just a couple of days before. Okay. You're in the bunker, sitting around a table. With um, with Buck Harrison and Dr. Hank Mansfield. And you're looking at this sort of gigantic overlay that sort of, you know, comes suspended in the air. And it's a, it's a giant map of the United States of America. And, you know, you guys are sort of, the three of you are, are, are going over some details, right? Kind of talking about some plans. When all of a sudden, there's an odd little blip. That happens on the screen. And Dr. Hank Mansfield has not yet noticed it. What do you do? I don't do anything. (laughs) I stare at it anxiously and hope it goes away. (laughs) Okay. It doesn't go away, and it starts to get a little bit bigger. Oh, no. I try to distract Hank Mansfield with some idle conversation. (laughs) What do you say to Dr. Hank Mansfield? Uh, so, so, uh, see this piece of paper? Oh, I found this from a different file. L- look, look at this right here. And I, I, I try to just pointing at something we've already gone over before. Okay. I try to do whatever it takes to keep his eyes off the the, the screen. As what you're doing that, <laughs> a second blip appears on the screen, but I on get a totally more- different place on the map. <laughs> now, what do you do? I get even more uncomfortable, and I, I I start shoving more. I'm like, and, and, and this this too. I, I I try to, I I keep on shoving 
papers. And I'm like, how about we take a walk out outside away from the... Uh, let's go elsewhere. As you say that, a third blip <laughs> appears on the screen. Gentlemen, let's leave. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Hank Mansfield turns, looks at you and says... <clears throat> Now, I, I'm not quite sure what has gotten into you. This is not quite... Uh, was this the voice? I'll, I haven't done this voice in a month. Hang on a second. <clears throat> I was like, now listen, son. All right. Yeah, here's yeah. a little bit more, a little bit, not, a little more gruff and tough. Not gruff and tough, but you know what I'm saying. So <laughs> you got to like, have the, that's Lucy, voice acting. I, I, that, that, that phrase, you, that, yeah. now listen, son. That, that, that's now like listen, a, a son. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, that's a popular thing, actually. Yes. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like, see, I had to practice saying it to TJ, basically. I'm like, mm-hmm. son, you got to listen up here. This is important stuff. Yep. Lucy, I'm not sure what the hell you think you're doing here, but we're talking about some pretty ser- What in the hell? <clears throat> no. And that's when, you know, basically at this point, he says this because all of a sudden, not only are these blips there, but there's now more blips and things are starting to flash red. The computer's probably just having a bug. I can go and look at it. Just just don't worry. Go ahead. Lucy, your- you don't even know how to spell. Sorry, you can probably spell computer. Sorry, that was probably a little hurtful. But I don't think you even know one <laughs> damn thing about these things. Just give me a second. You'd be surprised. And he looks, he looks at the data. He looks up. He looks at Buck. Buck nods. And Buck walks out the door. See, he's got it. Let's just sit here. We're fine. I can I can reorder these papers for you. Do you want some coffee? Lucy, listen. Buck is already gone. Buck is already heading to some one of these spots here. Now, I'm going to quickly go over this for you, and this is going to be kind of unfortunate. I know for the last couple of months, the three of us have been doing these missions together. And I know that it's not exactly your thing. But here's the situation. I, I've never seen this. Right now, if you look at this screen right here, there are three large blips, right? There's three large points on this screen, and then there's a whole bunch of little ones. The little ones mean that we've got some time. We've got some time to plan. We've got some time to figure things out. But if points get to be this size, and he points to one that's in the center of Massachusetts. It can get bigger. (laughs) We don't have to target it now. If it gets bigger... That means Massachusetts is donezo. What's Massachusetts? Who cares about Massachusetts? All right, listen. I know that I might be a Southern man, but I'll be damned if New England clam chowder is taken off the menu. And also, I'm pretty sure that you answer to me right now, and I hate to pull that card, but I'm going to have to send you out there. And I realize that you've never been there, so you're going to have to do this one the hard way. He hands you... A uh, a piece of paper, and says, um, "In uh, he says, uh, when the time is right, this will have a, a plane ticket for you. Uh, it's it's blank com- now, but it'll it'll appear. Don't you worry, nothing." Succumbing to material desires. Oh God! <laughs> it's it's a piece of paper, Lucy. I'm not asking you to marry me. I'm asking you to get on a goddamn plane. And uh, normally, I know that maybe you would just say that you could fly there, but. We got to kind of do this one under the radar, or I guess maybe over the radar. Look, you can fly, but you can't do it with your wings. There's too much risk that someone Everything might I see you. I do is under the radar. What are you talking about? All right, Lucy, can I trust you to just go to Massachusetts and see what you can I'll find? I'll go save your damn clam chowder. Thank you. And with that, 
he runs out of the room after looking at the map to make sure that he sees in the center of the map, Russell, Kansas. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lucy very much kind of like swipes the paper and kind of raises her shoulders and, and, and storms out of the room. Okay. Um, the last thing that I, the last question that I have for you mm-hmm. is um, when you arrive in Massachusetts. Okay. As much as you've been sort of against this whole thing, you get there and immediately you feel uneasy. You feel something in the air. Like, it's like you step off the airplane. It's fine, whatever. The second you walk out of that building, the second that that kind of cooler northeastern air hits you, something is immediately off. Something kind of reminds you of the normal trips that the three of you have been making, right, as a team. But there's something a little heavier this time. Something that's kind of sitting deep inside of you. Have you felt this feeling before? Yes, I felt this many times. (laughs) In fact, this is my first time whatever coming down to a planet, materializing, whatever the the Mm -hmm. context we're going with. And if anything, at this point, I'm like, we're this far along in the process. I guess I might not be here as long as I thought. One last question for you, Graham, actually. Yeah. So part of the purpose of your character, right, is to uh, put a stop to the apocalypse. Yep. That's what I'm here to do. Um, Now, it's not exactly an exact science, Mm -hmm. right? Um. Before I get to my kind of main question, how many times have you been successful in stopping an apocalypse? About 50%. Um, what's the worst one you've ever experienced? Like, when it went bad, how how south did it go and how fast? I mean, an apocalypse is an apocalypse. We're talking about the, the extinction of an entire, like, race that... It, it, the extinction of a planet. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, regardless, I feel like if, if it ever reaches that point, regardless of the, <laughs> the exact flavor or the situation, that's just bad. I would probably say the, the, if you're asking for the worst scenario, it was probably one of the times that I went back to a planet. So a planet I'd been to before and stopped the apocalypse, but I had to go back and then watch the planet fall. Hmm. Did you... um? Do you ever make friends while you're on these planets? Or maybe did you used to? You personally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I loved my time on Quantum 5. That was great. (laughs) Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, it's kind of of hard not to uh, to make personal relationships, like, uh, given this line of work. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, kind of going along with what my character... Or who my character is and what she's been through, it's it's sometimes it's easier not to get attached right. because you, I I can't gauge the situation. I don't know if we're going to succeed or not. I've seen bad times that we've come through, and I've seen situations that I thought were okay, and then all of a sudden take a drastic turn. So yeah, I've seen people I I maybe cared about or people that I was really close with. Like, uh, uh, whatever, die in an apocalypse. Um, 
because my once my role is over, uh, I just go back to heaven. Um, here's my here's my biggest question for you though. Yeah. To me, at least, right? Um, an apocalypse can sort of take shape in many different formats, right? Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of different things that can happen. Um, and in some instances, you're right. It just immediately wipes out the entire planet. Is there such thing as an apocalypse no. in which you can... That's half the planet, Graham. Um, uh, for the for those who couldn't, maybe, maybe and just in case it didn't quite catch, uh, Graham snapped his fingers in, in reference to Infinity War, mm-hmm. which how dare you do that to my boy, Graham Thompson. Um, See, and I thought you were snapping your fingers in reference to the group Phantom Planet with Jason Schwartzman. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Um, no, this, this was a little bit more of like, I think this one was a little bit more to dig into me because he knows how much (laughs) it hurts me to talk about the ending of that movie. Um, you know, but anyway, so, but my question though, is that in, in some of the ones in which the world seemingly comes to an end, but there are still people left on that planet. Has anyone ever pulled themselves back from the brink of extinction? I would say that there are definitely people that survived an apocalypse, that there are people that, sure, their whole planet and the majority of their population or, or their race uh, it, it got wiped out, whatever. Um, maybe there are people that, that got, like, whatever, Superman, uh, Krypton, whatever, mm-hmm. like, sent out on Space Pod. Um, I don't know if my character is necessarily aware of the situations and if there are any survivors but if she was aware that would probably make her feel pretty happy <laughs> or at least it would it would take the sting out of her job it, it would help alleviate the pain a little bit gotcha so here's my last little moment here for you lucy you are like I said, feeling uneasy. Things are difficult. Things are not um, the way that it seemed. Things seem to be a lot more, kind of like you said, a little bit more further along than you expected. Maybe further along than anybody expected. Whether that means that we were sort of wrong about our trajectory, or if that means that someone is trying to push this timetable up, something seems extremely off to you and lucy you feel dread in a way that you've never felt it before well that's actually not quite true you felt it only once before and it was the moment right before you died
Hi, everybody. I'm Lindsay Reed. I'm Jordan Reed. And this is Chupacabra's number one fan, Molly Reed, our dog. And we are the hosts of Spooky Spouses, a podcast fueled by our love-hate relationship with any and everything paranormal adjacent. We talk about things like urban legends, ghosts, scary movie sets, other ghosts that are maybe a little taller than regular ghosts, cryptozoology, Tom DeLong, alien hunter, and our creepy neighbor, Crystal Chris. Each week, Lindsay and I will research a topic that we have yet to discuss with one another and talk about it on the show. So if you're not too scared, join us every Monday for Spookies and Giggles. Bye. Bye. <laughs>